All right. Well. Hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. Welcome to the Highland Growcast. Today we're going to talk about the church. Emily, why are we talking about the church? We are talking about the church because I think that there is a lot of uh, you know, misunderstanding out there about what the church is, both the capital C church, the body of Christ, but also the, the small C church, right, which is the local expressions of his body in different areas. And, um, you know, we feel like uh, it's, it's necessary for believers to understand what it is to be a part of uh, the kingdom of God and, and the way that God is advancing this kingdom on earth through his bride, the church. Yeah. Do you know who Cyprian is? I have no idea. Enlighten me. I'm, I'm sure I you know. know. So, I don't, I don't know. Uh, tell me who Cyprian, that is. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, most scholars would agree that uh, John, the apostle, died uh, around the year 100. Uh, and, and so uh, Cyprian uh, was a bishop in the church at Carthage uh, in the early to mid 200. So basically about 100 years after the last apostle died, you've got Cyprian, who's a bishop in Carthage, uh, one of the first New Testament post the apostles' martyrs. And so when he was put to death, uh, he said, um, one, uh, when he was in front of the council, they were handing down the um, handing down his judgment, handing down his sentence. He said, thanks be to God. Mm. that he was about to be put to death. And then they're leading him up to the pyre, and they start to nail him to the pyre. And he says, um, the same spirit and the same God who's able to carry me through this fire uh, will keep me on this pyre. Mm. So he wouldn't allow them to nail him to the the pyre. And so then they set him on fire, and he (laughs) dies. But here's what Cyprian said about the church, and I think this is pertinent for our conversation today. He said this, that no man can have God as father who does not have the church as mother. Mm. And if you look around at our culture today, uh, even uh, in the Christian world, Christian vernacular, you would see and find people who disagree with that statement 100%. I don't need to be a member of a church to be a good follower of Jesus. I don't even need to be mm. in the church yes. to be a good follower of Jesus. And what would you say, what are some of the reasons why people would say that? So, um, again, I think based on my understanding mm. of the Scriptures, uh, and, and I think that this is um, pretty easily defensible, if you look at what God has been doing from the beginning, mm. right? From the very beginning, He has been creating a people for Himself. Mm. Uh, and so you see it in the beginning, He creates Adam and Eve, then He calls Abraham, tells him, I'm going to make you a great nation, then He brings the nation of Israel out of slavery to Egypt, and he installs them as his chosen people. They continually rebel, as you do for sure, and I do sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Hey. And so then uh, he sends Jesus to redeem. um, But then it's not just this chosen people, Israel. He actually brings um, Jews and Greek, or sorry, Jews and Greeks, barbarians Mm. and Scythians. And so um, because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, there is no more Jew and Gentile, barbarian and Scythian, uh, slave and free. There's Christ only, and he's all in all. And so even in the description of what Christ has done, it's bringing 
all people together as his bride. And, and, and really, I, I, don't, I don't see how you read the New Testament with that out and understanding mm-hmm. of God, uh, Jesus really dying to create a church. So it's not just individual salvation, but it's what that salvation brings you into, which is the people of God. And then when you look at Revelation, right, it is um, a, gathered around the throne crying, holy, 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 people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So I think the church really is both explicitly and implicitly um referred to in the scriptures. Yes. And I think one of the big things to notice is that if a person has placed his or her faith in Christ, he or she is automatically a member of the the big C church, right? right. So right. whether we like it or not, <laughs> we are a part of the body of Christ, the the expression of Christ, right? So right. we and that's the the capital C church. And I think of in 1 Peter chapter 2, um, Peter is writing to these Gentiles, he's saying, "But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his mar- marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so what I love about this is that Peter is saying that this is who you are. He's not saying be this, become this. You need to, you need to be a part of this. He's saying, no, you are, uh, you are a royal priesthood now. You are a people for his own possession. And that's plural. Like we are now all joined together in this body of Christ, um, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think in the in the Nicene Creed, um, which is one of the ecumenical or like the um, the creeds that kind of define what the church is. In the Nicene Creed, uh, what they would say is that the church is one, hmm. the church is holy, the church is universal, and the church is apostolic. Hmm. Uh, and, and so, uh, one, the church is one, meaning that is if you are a believer in Christ, that you are a member. Of Christ's mm. church, right? Um, now that's again that universal. Um, it is for all believers. It is for all people. So it's not like uh, you become a Christian, and so then there's something else now that you have mm. to do to be a member of right. Christ's bride, Christ's body. It is that salvation that brings you into Christ's mm. body, which is different than um, say membership in a. Local, local uh, congregation, mm-hmm. but that universal aspect is that um, you are a member of Christ's body if you are united with Christ. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've ever read Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, which mm-hmm. is amazing, but he talks about how uh, we often in Western culture, we can take for granted uh, being a part of the body of Christ, right, and being part mm-hmm. of the church, and we can take for granted the part of being a part of local churches, and he talks about persecuted nations, like nations where uh, Christianity is is not a legal thing, <laughs> you know, where, where they actively oppose it, you know, uh, in the governments, and so uh, one of the things that he says is like, looking at the body, looking at the bride of Christ through the lens of what it would be like to be in a nation um, where followers of Christ are actively persecuted. When you come across uh, a believer who has the same 
Holy Spirit inside of you, that unites you with them. Um, you know, no matter what your interests are, your affinity, you know, whether you're the same age or demographic, it's like, who cares? Like this person has the same Holy Spirit inside of them and we are a part of the kingdom of God. We're part of the, the bride of Christ together. And that unifies you. And I think that a lot of times in Western culture, because we don't experience that kind of persecution, uh, we can get caught up in the things that divide us, that make us different. And then we view our unity uh, less based on, hey, we're, we are a part of, of the church. We're a part of the kingdom of God on earth. Um, and more with, what do I have in common? Do we like the same things? You know, do we have the same kind of ec- economic you know, standard of living and that kind of thing. Whereas really what should unite us is that we're a part of the bride of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, to your point and, uh, one of the things that I would like to point to in all of that though, is you look at the state of Waco right now and just the Mm -hmm. number of churches that are really kind of, um, across denominational lines where in, in some we would have, um, some pretty hefty theological disagreements with. Yeah. Um, but the way that those churches are banding together for the good of the city. And so when we talk about the oneness mm. of the church that, that they kind of talked about in the Nicene Creed, a lot of people will hear that and go, but the church isn't one. It's splintered. There's all kinds of denominations. You've got your Baptist, you've got your Methodist, you've got your Church of Christ, you've got your uh, your Bible churches, you got your community churches, your Presbyterian, and, mm. and 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 I think one of the things that we've done really poorly because the Church of God and God specifically is really serious about yeah. the unity of the church uh, is we've done a lot of infighting for the world mm. to see, and, and so I do think that that's kind of um, put a little bit of a black mark on the uh, on the church in general. But I think the beauty of the moment that we're in in Waco right now with all of these churches that are coming together, uh, to serve and to love for the good of the city is a beautiful reflection of the heart of God. So while we may have theological, um, differences, doctrinal distinctives, um, that sort of, um, distinguish us from one another, the oneness and the unity of the church can still be had. And I think one of the points that, that you even made is that um, when you go to other places, it's not nearly as big of a deal. So, uh, for example, Jamie and I went to North Africa, and we're out in the mountains, and we meet this um, we meet this brother there, and um, he did not once ask us our denominational <laughs> affiliation, yeah. right? It was just like, you're, you're Christians? I may know one other Christian wow, yeah. two hours away on this other mountain, yeah. but I, man, that's, all. and so what he wanted to do was just sit and talk about Christ. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get into that. any of those doctrinal distinctives. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't ask us our view on, um, infant baptism or <laughs> baptism yeah. by immersion or, or church polity, or he didn't ask us any of those things. What he wanted to know more than any other thing was. I mean, let's let's sit down and let's mm-hmm. talk about Christ and let's talk about salvation. And I, I will say this: one of the things that um, that hearing stories like that can do is make us think, "Oh, so these things really don't matter." Mm-hmm. But the reality is, they right. do. They are important. And so, um, that, where I would point to in that is that, I mean, you've got the oneness. The thing that binds us together is the fact that we are believers in Jesus. So when uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, "I," I Reach to you what was the most important, and that is the gospel, right? Um, that Jesus Christ, uh, he 
Um, he came and he lived the perfect life and he died in your place and he rose again and he ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God according to the scriptures. That's of primary importance, but it doesn't mean that our doctrinal distinctive, like what makes us Baptist mm-hmm. is unimportant, right. but ultimately what it does mean <clears throat> is that I'm not biting my Presbyterian or Methodist or Church of Christ brother because they don't believe exactly the same way I do. As long as they are holding Mm. those things of first importance, the truth of the gospel closed handedly Mm. and and not those non-gospel things closed handedly, Mm. then I can live in unity with my brother even if we disagree on some doctrine. Yeah, so like majoring on the majors, right? Uh, It's like in John 17, uh, where Jesus is praying for those who would believe through the apostles' teaching. He says, I do not ask for these only, right, for his disciples, Mm -hmm. but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, and they may also be in us, so that, and this is the end goal of that unity, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Um, And Francis Schaeffer, he calls this the final apologetic, uh, and his writing, uh, The Mark of a Christian, which is just truly just an awesome, sometimes hard to read uh, piece, an essay about um, unity in the church and just kind yeah. of the, the necessary um, element of, of allowing the world to see what, what does unite us, which is, which is the gospel message and Jesus Christ himself. Right. And I, and I think, too, um, we should take the unity of God's church incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that's both universal and um, local, and right? Local. And yeah. the local con- congregation, because God is incredibly serious about it to the yes. point where he literally tells congregations to cast people out of mm-hmm. the local congregation. And listen, there's an understanding there that they're not being cast out of the universal church because we're not God and oh, we can't right. make that judgment. But he's literally saying, hey, you release them. You turn them mm-hmm. over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that their soul might be saved. And so the important importance of unity in the church becomes really important, and it's so important that God would say, if you're causing division and disunity and you're stirring up um, contention, then the church should remove you. Now, uh, what does that say about the state of the heart? Uh, it's probably not a good thing, but we're, we're not the ones to judge your salvation, but what we are called to judge is fruit. Mm. And the fruit of the life of the believer will be unity in the body, Mm -hmm. right? And if there is disunity, then that is bad fruit. And Mm. so, uh, man, we want to be careful about the way that we approach our understanding of Mm. what it looks like to express um, disagreement in the church. There's a way to do it that's healthy and godly, and then there's a way to do it that is just detrimental not only to... Um, the way the world views the church or even people inside the church view the church. But uh, honestly, for your own spiritual walk. Mm. And so let, let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced difficulty in the church? I, oh, my goodness, oh, yes. Where are you skeptical? Let me ask you, why do you? We were so just truly blessed and just in a good way, just encouraged and, and refreshed when we realized what an incredible gift Highland has in an elder board. 
um, that loves the Lord, that is humble, that is desperately seeking uh, to submit to his authority in the way that they lead the church. They're not heavy handed. They're not um, power hungry. (laughs) Uh, They are truly seeking to shepherd uh, this local church um, in a way that honors Christ and um, and that submits to his leadership and honestly just in and they truly seek to do it in a biblical way um, and and that humility is something that is seen um, you know in different ways throughout this church and that's honestly what helped Mark and I at first when we moved here um, I mean we only visited Highland and we just realized you know what you know, we need to we need to be a part of a local body of believers at this time because we were not in a great place. Um, and so we went, Mark and I personally. So we just were like, let's go ahead and, and submit ourselves to to the authority of this local church so that we can dive into community, dive into the word, really grow in our individual walks with Christ, but also just be a part of this corporate body seeking to know him and glorify him together. And so um, I think for me, like in the past, I haven't been a part. There have been times when I have not been a part of uh, a local church that had this kind of healthy, uh, what I would say is a biblical structure of um, the way the church kind of works out its authority yeah. and, and shepherding. And, and I think, too, I mean, uh, I think the way that I love the way that um, it seems that God has structured uh, the leadership of his church. I, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful protection mm-hmm. for us. But I think kind of one of the things that you're uh, pointing to, and if we go again back to that Nicene Creed that the church is one, that the church is holy. And so if you ask most people, especially most Christians, why they don't believe that they need to be a member of the church or why they wouldn't want to be, generally what it's going to go back to is there was some sort of moral failure, there was some sort of abuse of power, there was some sort of uh, thing that they saw in the church that really turned them off to it. And I, and I honestly do believe that that has to do with the holiness of the church. So just Absolutely. as God is really serious about the unity of the church, he's really serious about the holiness and, of his bride. And he'll hold, he will hold those leaders accountable if they did not exercise um, their authority in the way that he's asked them to do. Yeah, right? absolutely. So he's serious about it. Yeah, so... Uh, he cares. You yeah. know, good, bad, or indifferent, what the scriptures say is that the church is the manifold wisdom of God to the world. Absolutely. Which means that um, we are the ones who are responsible to move the gospel yes. forward. And, and so uh, you look at... Uh, you were part of a parachurch organization, right? Yes. Um, and, and they do... A ma- what, what was it? You were part of... Well, I was a part of a couple different ones. Sure. Yeah. Ta- <laughs> the talk- last one was Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. My parents had been on staff with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ at the time. And so I've had, I've had different types of... Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I think they, they've they really done a great job of filling up in many ways where mm. the church has been lacking. Yeah, and coming uh, alongside local churches to, to support them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, and, and this is where I'll draw a distinction, and I don't want to offend anybody, but they were never meant to be the church, right? Mm-hmm. They were never meant to be the church. Absolutely. And yet you will see so many people like, oh, I'm not going to... Oh, I, man, I don't need yeah. to join a church. I go to um, this thing over here. Yes. I, I'm not going to join the church because I, I spend a lot of time in FCA. Right. And the reality is, is those were mm-hmm. never meant to be replacements for the church. In, in fact, it's the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. There were places where the church was either yeah. unable because of size or finances yeah. or whatever to accomplish some things or 
they were just flat out yes. refusing to do it. So when you look at the holiness of the church and God's desire for it to be the manifold wisdom of God, we want to be really careful that um, men as leaders and members in the church, that we are living lives worthy of the calling with which mm. we've been called because it can have um, oh, man, terrible yeah. ramifications. And you can have someone like Emily just skeptical of the church. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like me, yeah. skeptical. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there was a long time that... I was just turned off to the local church because what I saw, uh, at least what I thought I saw, mm. was that man they're just they're just fake. They care yeah. about saying all of these things. They don't necessarily care mm. about living out these things. For sure. And I remember one of the things that we would reinforce to our college students with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes was just that every week we would remind them we are not your local church. You need to be a part of a local church. And so. Um, Jonathan Lehman, you gave me this book, Jeremy, the church membership book, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Little teeny book, if any of you guys want to read it. Uh, it's a pretty quick but deep read. He says, a local church is a group of Christians who regularly gather in Christ's name to officially affirm and oversee one another's membership in Christ Jesus and in his kingdom through gospel preaching and gospel ordinances. Uh, but he has a, some really good distinctions in that book between the capital C body of Christ and the lower the lowercase c, <laughs> the local, local expression. expression of the church, <laughs> and why both, um, you know, are so important to understand and to understand the differences between the two. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But anyway, can I can I ask you about another? Please do. Person. Oh gosh, yeah. Do another person. Have, oh yeah, tell me. Have you ever heard of Ignatius? I have heard of Ignatius, but I would love to hear about him now. Yeah. So uh, Ignatius, he writes a letter um, in in the three hundreds, right? The early here. Let me give you a date. The date, the exact date. Um, I, well, I don't know the exact date of the letter, but anyway, he writes uh, a letter in the second century, and he writes that where Christ is, there is the mm-hmm. universal church, right? And so. Um, what we want to understand, again, there is a universal, so if we go back to the Nicene Creed, that's one, it's holy, and it is universal, which means that where Christ is, that's where the church is. But, um, and, and so there is very particularly a local expression of the bride, a local expression of the church, but that local expression of the church is not the whole of the church. And, and so um, some theologians, theologians would call it the visible church that would be the local expression and then the invisible church which is that universal Mm -hmm. and so if the lord is the lord of all the earth right then the lord is the lord of um all faithful bible believing gospel centered right not not just because someone calls themselves a church are they a church but uh it is a church that adheres to what a church is in the scriptures then they are a church And, and again we go back to like doctrinal differences or distinctives or theological um, things. The reality is those those things they matter, right? And mm-hmm. so, based on your uh, understanding of the scriptures and the conviction of the Holy Spirit in you, you you join um, in with this local expression of the bride. But there is this understanding that the way Highland. Um, does things is not the only way to do mm. things, which means that Highland is not the only church right, in Waco. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we thank the Lord for often, I know in men's prayer on Sunday morning, and I obviously thank the Lord for, uh, I don't know, actually I said obviously, like it would be obvious. <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, but because yeah. I do it often on Sunday mornings, you, and yeah. I as well, 
is the fact that Highland is not left mm-hmm. to minister and to be the church in Waco all alone. Praise the Lord. That for you've that. got <laughs> um, First Woodway and Antioch and Harris Creek and Columbus Avenue and um, and many, many, many other churches uh, in our city who are. Um, as best they are able and informed by the scriptures with the love and the exaltation of Christ in mind, they are taking the gospel to our city. Um, and, and listen, uh, as you know, we're 3,000, like seven, 3,800 people right now, which mm-hmm. praise the Lord, that's awesome. And, and, and still growing. That's awesome. That's a, that's an absolute gift from the Lord, but we're still not big enough to tackle this entire city on our own, and so we praise the Lord for our sisters and brothers at, um, at, yeah. uh, so, at these other churches. So, on that note, what would you say is the mission of the local church in in a city? Right. So, you talked about you know that we're not on our own to tackle this city. What do you mean by that? Like what, biblically, what is what is the mission of the local church? Uh, for example, what would you say? How would you define? the purpose of like Highland Baptist Church in Waco, what God has called us practically to do as a church. Yeah, and I would I would just put forward Matthew twenty eight, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. that the role of the local church in Waco is still to fulfill the great commission that mm-hmm. we are to go forth and make disciples of all nations, um, teaching them to observe all that he has commanded and then baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And the way that works itself out in the local expression, I think, you find in um, Ephesians 4, which he's mm-hmm. given all of these gifts to the church, that he's given the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the uh, all of those things to uh, equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And so if we're talking specifically about the church, the gathering of believers that uh, is known as Highland Baptist Church, our role is to um, fulfill the Great Commission together. Um, But what draws us together as a bride is that we will gather, so what Hebrews 10 would say is we don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but we come together and we encourage one another. We come together around the reading and the study of God's Word. We will sing praises uh, to the Lord together. We will encourage one another in that way. We will study the Scriptures together. We will become better at applying those Scriptures in our lives together, and then we will be scattered out into the city to do the work that the Lord has called us to do as uh, individual believers in Jesus Christ, only to be gathered again mm-hmm. together um, to come around the um, proclamation of God's Word, to come together to teach uh, and to learn uh, the Scriptures and to apply those Scriptures, only to be scattered again. So uh, we are a church that is gathered to be scattered to be gathered again, mm. for the good of our city, to seek the welfare of our city, but ultimately to uh, proclaim the mercies and the gospel of Christ by fulfilling the Great Commission. That's awesome. I like that explanation. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I was reading, and, and this is um, 
more, I guess this is more about the, the big capital C church, right? But it also applies to the little lowercase c um, local churches. And so this is in Colossians 1.15, describing Christ. He says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And then it says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Uh, so tell us, uh, tell me a little bit about Christ's authority um, over the church and what that does for us and our perspective on um, kind of the purposes of the church as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so again, here's what here's what I would say. If we take it back to the creed, right? You've got the church is one, the church is holy, the church is universal, uh, and the church is apostolic, right? And so that apostolic really is carrying that message, the good news of the gospel, and um, that Jesus is our head, Jesus is the King to the world, and so for us. The role of the church really is to carry that message, but then other places where we're called to be the hands and the feet of Christ, which is an incredibly scary, terrifying, really, thing that um, when people look at us, what they should see is Jesus. So if you want to know what Jesus looks like, just as Jesus was the exact imprint of the nature of God, that he was an exact representation of, of the Father, when people look at the church, they should see Jesus. They should see that exact imprint. They should see that, um, well, I would say exact imprint, except we're not, uh, yeah. we're not God in the flesh, but what they should see is that image of Jesus. So we mm-hmm. really should be able to say, when the church looks at us, they, or when the world looks at the church, they see and, Jesus. And they also see his kingdom on earth, right? So we're not perfect. We're not a perfect kingdom because... The people, I I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect, and I'm a part of this local church. You're one Uh, of the closest (laughs) that I've met, though. Okay, no, you know that's not true. Um, uh, But I think what is cool about the local church, and and again, the bride of Christ on earth, is that we are truly ambassadors of a heavenly kingdom on this earth, Mm -hmm. right? So we're citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of this world. Uh, And so the church is uh, kind of, I mean, I guess you could say God's kingdom advancing on earth. And it's imperfect at this time because, again, people, we still are sinful, flawed, even those of us who belong to Christ, right? We we are still battling our flesh. And so because individuals, we are battling our flesh, uh, local churches are also going to be flawed. And I think having the proper expectations of the local church is probably helpful um, of knowing that, yes, that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, but we have not arrived yet, <laughs> right? right? And right. so I think that can help with a little bit of the, the cynicism or skepticism um, that can come up when, when we have been hurt by the local church and when we have had um, even proper expectations of the church have not been met. Um, but I think when we understand just that uh, that the church right now, you know, we we are members of his body, right? We are uh, members of his kingdom that has already been decided, right? The victory has already been won, uh, but we are in this moment living out kind of uh, what that advancing kingdom is. Yeah, in the church. absolutely. 
and and again, I think you pointed it out well, and I'll just do it again. I said it to you earlier that there are no perfect churches, Mm-mm. and if you find it, it won't be perfect anymore because you'll join, right? Yeah, and totally. so, um, it is a um, it is a group of believers who are still being sanctified, who are still being um, conformed into the image of Jesus, um, but. The beauty of the gospel isn't that God came to make us good little boys and girls, right? That's not what he came to do, mm-hmm. but he came to rescue and redeem those who um, were not good, who mm-hmm. did not seek after God, who didn't love him, who didn't desire him, who were enemies of him, and they brought him, and he brought them into the household of faith. And mm-hmm. so we really are a trophy of God's grace, and as we um, really seek to love our um, city well and we we love uh, we want to seek to love those who are outside of the church I think the most detrimental thing we can do is make them feel as though they have to be perfect and you're going to do a lot of damage when they come in and they see that you're not perfect and so um, what I always say when people say the church is full of hypocrites I say yes it is and praise the Lord that Jesus saves hypocrites and that he is conforming those hypocrites into his image. Has mm-hmm. he done it yet? No. no. And should those people be hypocritical? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But are you a hypocrite too? Yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> you are. And mm-hmm. so there, this is a safe place for you. Are you an addict? This is a safe place for you. Are you someone who doesn't have it all figured out? You uh, struggle with anxiety and depression or lust or fear or pride? Well, welcome. There are going to be people in the church who struggle in the same way, right? Uh, they struggle in the same way. And so the point is not that you are perfect, but the point that Jesus was perfect. Mm-hmm. And so as we um, grow in reflecting that image, um, but then also grow in becoming better at explaining what the gospel actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, growing in our apostolic ministry, our apostolic proclamation of the actual truth of the gospel, um, then people begin to see church not as places full of hypocrites, but places full of people who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and who are being sanctified. So people who are better today than they were yesterday. Absolutely. It is inevitable, but it is a process. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, good stuff. Yeah. I think that's all I've got for you, Jeremy. That's it. I, that's I, all. Um, I think we've covered it. No, I'm kidding. Covered it, everything. If I can about. put my cards on the table. Okay. Please do. I will have to tell you that Uh-oh. more than any other thing, I love the local church. I believe it. I love it. Uh, uh, more than any other ministry, more than any other, I love the local church. And I encourage people all the time that you need to be a member of a local body, that you cannot grow Mm -hmm. in the way that God has designed if you are not part of a local Mm -hmm. expression. And some people may push back against that, and some people may disagree with it, but I'm just going to leave that with the Bible. And I'm going to say that you cannot grow the way that you have been called to grow. You will not be shaped Mm -hmm. and formed the way that you are meant to be shaped and formed outside of the local expression of a body. And that doesn't have to be Highland, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not a member, but I'm not sure I want to be a member of Highland, 
Highland. That's great. You don't have to be a member of Highland, but you should be a member of a local expression of the church. And that word member isn't used in scripture explicitly, but you do see it, right? Oh, all over the place. All over the place that we are, um, you know, you see it throughout the book of Acts. You see it when we talk about, you know, the vine and and that we're growing together, that we're one family and um, and in the structure that's laid out in Paul's letters for local churches. And and so, yeah, submitting to elders. Like who are the elders that we would submit to outside of a local church? Yes, and it's for our protection, right? Right. Some people would see it as a heavy-handed thing. You're submitting yourself to this local church and saying, no, like, I, because I need her, like I yeah. need the local church uh, to keep me accountable um, and to walk in holiness and to pursue godliness. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ around me to uh, to teach me, to shepherd me, to walk with me, to confront me, to encourage me, and to minister together uh, to the to com- to the community around us and to the world. Um, you know, I'm not an island. <laughs> I, yeah. I desperately I, I love the local church too. Well, so. and to hear the way that um that that jesus describes the church right the scriptures describe the church as the bride of christ Mm. and so for me like when people are like man i just really don't like the church like i think about that and so if i'm if i go up to mark kelly and i say you know what mark i really love you man but i just can't stand emily he would smack you on the face as he should. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> there's this understanding, and I, I think it's really hard for you to love me completely and not love my wife, mm. although she's much easier to love oh, than I am. Stacy is my favorite, uh, Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mine too. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I think in so many ways, the way we think about the church becomes really, really important. Mm. It's not just... Um, this building where some people gather and I can take it or leave it. It is the bride of Christ. Mm. And he loved her so much that he died for her. He gave his life for her. So to say to Jesus that I really, really think I need you, but I don't need your bride mm. is a really, really tough thing to say. And so my encouragement, man, if you are not a member or and women, man, men and man, men and women, if you're not a member of a local church, doesn't have to be Highland, but we would love to help you get plugged into a local body where mm-hmm. you can learn and where you can grow and where you can serve and where you can grow in a greater uh, reflection of Jesus's nature and character yeah. so that you can be seen as the church is called to be, as the manifold wisdom of God, carrying forth the message given in the Great Commission and and reflecting the glory of God to the world and back to God. Awesome. You got anything else? I think that's about it. No? Well, I like talking about the church. We should probably do about eight more episodes on the church, but we're not going to. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're not going to. And so, listen, hey, we're so glad that you joined us today. I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And we'll catch you next time.